it's it's something that it actually comes from a heart you know like it's not something i just do for a job so um so whenever i come to work it, it doesn't feel me that you know i'm working it, it does feel me i just come in and you know, i just do what i really love doing and it's just it's really easy um to spend your life uh, like that thinking like that you know what i mean this is the deep in the weeds podcast i'm anthony huckstep I've spoken to many hospitality professionals about the importance of skilled international workers, how they are very much needed, not only from a skill set, but work ethic and adding colour, vibrancy and culture to the culinary landscape too. In the last decade, there have been many hardworking professionals landing in Australia from Nepal. And ask anyone in hospitality and they'll tell you they're renowned as hardworking, committed to the craft and have extraordinary stories too. Sushil Ariel is the head chef of Miss Pearl Bar and Dining in Melbourne. Sushil, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, it's good to have you on the show. Um, you've got a pretty amazing job at the moment. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, so it's a restaurant called Miss Pearl, which is recently opened. It's only been a month. Um, and it's more of a sort of a mixed sort of Asian cuisine that we're doing here. Uh, it's mostly for the um, art precinct area. So there's a lot of people, you know, uh, around this area, um, uh, you know, just to sort of uh, see the arts and, you know, the uh, Melbourne Theatre Company, which we're at at the moment. Um, uh, definitely um, uh, focused more, mostly on the, um, you know, the theatre patronise. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good place. You've uh, had an extraordinary career in, in Australia. You're originally from Nepal. Take us back to when you were young. Well, I want to explore sort of the journey that you've had on food because it's quite extraordinary. What, what was food like for you uh, as a kid? Um, yeah, food uh, for me as a kid was quite simple, to be honest. I was from a sort of a middle class family and, you know, we basically would eat um, rice, lentil and some vegetables and, uh, you know, um, maybe occasionally some meat. Um, so foods uh, eaten in house in Nepal are quite simple, but, you know, it does depend on the festivals and, you know, lots of different sort of, uh, you know, cultural uh, aspects where the foods are a lot more elaborate and a lot vibrant and different as well. Um, but daily consumption of food is quite simple and, you know, um, I came to Australia when I was 18 so I didn't really um, had a chance of you know knowing in-depth knowledge about Nepalese food when I was a kid uh, but mostly mostly the food I did eat at home obviously was cooked by mum and it was delicious. Do, do you have any sort of stories or memories of of some of those festive season sort of celebrations? Yeah, I mean, you know, Nepal's renowned for its uh, festivals, to be honest. We, we have almost like 40 to 45 public holidays just for festivals. Um, and, you know, every festival sort of carries its um, a unique sort of a food uh, with it as well. Uh, we In Nepal, we've got probably uh, about 80 different cultures. So, you know, you can imagine sort of, a, you know, 80 different foods offering uh, amongst those cultures as well. Um, where, where, where I was born, you know, um, we're mostly... A Hindu and you know our family is like a Brahmin so pure vegetarian mm-hmm. um, so I'll call you know when uh, our festival uh, happens the um, you know grandmothers or mothers they would cook some you know vegetarian feast and you know uh, bring in other relatives and yeah just enjoy and connect with people. You weren't always going to be a, a chef tell, tell us about um, you know the direction that you were going in originally. 
Uh, well, I really wanted to study engineering, so I think that was my dream, and that's why I actually came to Australia. Um, you know, I studied quite well in Nepal, and you know, um, I knew I couldn't uh, afford to study engineering straight from coming from Nepal because it was quite expensive. But I thought maybe I would, you know, uh, uh, work and study simple things for a couple of years, and then you know, save some money and study engineering. But uh, while I was doing that, I was working in a cafe in uh, Bondi Beach called Brown Sugar, and it sort of uh, hooked me in. You know. Um, I just started liking cooking and you know the head chef back then Neil he was an amazing mentor and you know he um, really made me feel that you know I can actually be a chef and you know I started um, uh, going to TAFE um, and yeah I just loved, uh, loved it and you know since then yeah I've been cooking. Well, tell us a bit about those early days when you sort of found yourself in the hospitality sector what were the real sort of important venues um, for you early on? Um, to be honest, for first three years or so, I was struggling quite hard because I was not able to speak uh, much English. You know, it was uh, the language barrier was quite problematic for me. I can still remember one day, uh, one of the chef told me to strain uh, the fish stock, and then I sort of strained the fish stock, drained the um, you know liquid down the drain, and gave him bones. <laughs> it, was, it was one of them, you know. Like I had real issue with some languages, but you know, I um, I lived with one of my best mate back then um, Bill Stamp and you know he uh, slowly taught me some English and you know we sort of uh, hang around and uh, you know English uh, was improved and once the English was improved the communication barrier was away it was much easier to communicate with chefs and you know like um, uh, to learn more skills and um, yeah I mean I, looking back back at it now I just you know, I can't believe that you know I, I kept, you know I actually I actually survived those the hard two years to be honest You've worked at some pretty extraordinary venues. Tell us about your time in um, Melbourne in the early days with um, the likes of Cumulus and um, working with Josh Murphy and people like that. Look, you know, I I thought I had no chance um, getting a job at Cumulus Inc. thinking I had a cafe background in Sydney. Um, but I, you know, once I started um, liking cooking, I went to TAFE. I really wanted to uh, work in a restaurant where I can progress myself and, you know, build a career on too. So I came to Melbourne for three days. A holiday and you know ate in a few places you know Movita, Cumulus Inc um, you know I really loved those places and when I went back to Sydney I applied uh, for a job and there was a vacancy in Cumulus Inc and uh, fortunately I actually you know got uh, called for an interview came in you know I was actually surrounded by Andrew McConnell Josh Murphy Oliver the general manager back then um, I was very nervous <laughs> I was really nervous I was only like 20 you know um, I was super nervous but I sort of you know uh, hold my calm and you know had a chat with them and they actually uh, like me and yeah I started uh, working um, around 2010 when Josh Murphy was a head chef uh, not gonna lie he was one of the angriest chefs I've ever met back then <laughs> um, I had some real issues with him for the first six months but um, you know once uh, once I got to know him and once he sort of uh, you know um, uh, honed my skills because I was you know the, the guys uh, back then would call me a maverick you know because I was very you know I would cut short cuts and you know I would try to do things quick and not how it's normally done and you know it's just uh, that, that sort of you know that um, relentless from Josh Murphy actually taught me a lot you know um, taught me how to actually you know spend some time on you know recipes and you know make, making sure everything tasted good and you know making sure I was tasting a lot so you know the, those days I, I, I still um, I'm very thankful for you know the chefs that I worked at Kimla Singh to sort of uh, teach me and guide me through and you know made me where I am at the moment. 
the list of restaurants you, that you've worked at is quite extraordinary. What, what have been the real important sort of venues and people that you've worked with? Look, you know, uh, the animal company was definitely a highlight for my career. Um, uh, they they definitely have a lot of uh, progression, progression for staff. Um, they still do, and they had a lot more back then. Um, they had sort of a real, you know, a drive towards, you know, teaching their staff well and training them. Um, so Accumulus Inc. I would definitely um, be on top of my list. Um, but apart from that, you know, I did work at a um, restaurant called Spice Temple when um, Ben Pollard was head chef, and he was a really great mentor as well. Um, and then after that, I did um, go to uh, Vidmon, where I got a chance to work with Shannon Bennett uh, for a little while. Um, he was also a great mentor. Uh, he, can, he can be crazy every now and then, but <laughs> he, he, was, he was a great guy. Um, and you know, Vudemont also taught me a lot in terms of, you know, being very, very um, focused and, you know, uh, the, the recipes they were using was quite technical and I was very new to it as well. So um, though, uh, that uh, place was also changed a lot for me. But then I did sort of a month uh, stars at Bray. Um, this was around 2014-15 and that just opened the whole different scenario where, where I was. I know I thought I knew uh, cooking but then once I worked there I was like I have no idea how they're doing things you know what I mean like it's it was it was just crazy um, you know me being a simple guy from Nepal you know just w- wanted to um, uh, cook in, in a restaurant and you know working there was just a whole different uh, ball game it was just um, it changed my it changed my mind um, and how I would approach uh, food you know unfortunately I was not able to work there just because I didn't really like the remote area and you know back then I was uh, you know I was in that great as well but it just opened uh, a different sort of a you know person inside me as a chef do you have any stories of of sort of experiences at bray that sort of really um flicked on a switch for you yeah, I think it was more, um, you know, how they were doing things, you know, like, um, you know, every, everything they would do from scratch, you know, even when they were making bread, you know, the wheat was growing around um, sort of a, their, their farm and, you know, they would uh, mill and the flour, where, you know, they had like a machine where it would, would uh, you know, uh, mill the flour and they would, you know, make a dough and bake bread and, you know, what I mean? just the simple things like that. And I was, I was never sort of a, you know, I, I had no idea how people would do that, you know what I mean, uh, at this time and age. And they were they were doing that and they were they were perfecting it as well um, and you know simple things like you know grown, like grown asparagus from the farm and you know just using one asparagus as a snack and, and it was amazing and you know there's a lot of there's definitely a lot of techniques involved but it was more of a military style um, kitchen um, you know driven era which was back back then which I was really um, astonished and you know I, I really I liked at the same time but at the same time I was like I don't think this I can survive for a long time we've talked to a lot of guests about trying to find that work-life balance and while you're at Cutler and Co you you're having troubles finding that and you you did something quite extraordinary in response to that tell us about this um, trip that you went on and um, you took out a massive personal loan um, tell us a bit about that period. Yeah, well, um, when I was working at Color and Co, you know, I, I just, I was just, I was going nowhere. You know, I was working sixteen, seventeen hours a day, and you know, I was just still single. You know, I was sort of trying to get into relationship, but I just couldn't. You know, just because of the hours I was working, I was, I may have been doing quite well in terms of professional life and being a chef and where I was working, but apart from that, I had nothing going on. You know, and I just sort of uh, every every night I couldn't, you know, sleep, and it just got me sort of frustrated, and you know. Every 
every day going to work was pain you know rather than enjoying so you know I just thought what am I doing in my life so you know at, at that time I just got um, Australian passport which basically you know it's kind of like a you know uh, told me okay I think uh, it's time for me to sort of you know maybe do some traveling and you know learn something and yeah I just um, you know took I had no money but I um, took some personal loan from a bank and you know um, went on traveling around the world um, traveled around 22 to 23 countries um, had about four to five months off and yeah um, every uh, everyone in my family was pretty much against it saying like what are you doing are you are you mad like you know people people save up money to buy a house like why are you spending money to go traveling like you know what are you doing but you know I knew it was going to be a good idea I knew I wanted to learn a lot of things around the world especially food culture you know I always dreamt of sort of a, you know things like you know I, I, when I was a kid I always dreamt of being in Machu Picchu you know like it was it was, it was one of those places I really wanted to go same as like the Eiffel Tower in France you know I really wanted to achieve and do those things that I really wanted when I was a kid and you know that, that was the only chance I, I could, I could uh, do that so I just you know just didn't listen to anyone and just did it and it was one of the best decisions I've ever taken. Tell us about some of the countries that you went to and the and the food experiences that you had that sort of impacted you so much. Um, there's few few countries where the food was just, just like really really good. Um, you know, I still think uh, Mexico is up there. Um, especially the street food in Mexico was amazing. Um, it's cheap and it's flavorful, um, spicy, which I really like. And you know, it was just 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 a great sort of a um, you know mouthful uh, whenever I eat. Um, Mexico um, that was really good um, and even you know like it's a bit cliche but uh, France and Italy were quite amazing in terms of food you can even go into a, like a supermarket or even 7-Eleven sort of a style um, uh, outlet and you can find some amazing food there you know um, and it just sort of opened my mind saying you know I was thinking Australia was amazing for food but then traveling those countries it's just it's different as well it's completely different and it's we're actually a little bit further behind in terms of food in Australia compared to those countries what's what's some of the experiences that surprised you when you were traveling um, the, the breadth of countries is quite extraordinary um, I mean, uh, it's, it's it's the the very um, you know like different sort of a culture in every different country and the food in every different country was just amazing to see um, and it's it's def- it definitely surprised me quite a lot especially you know being in South America it was it was completely different than what I thought or what I imagined it to be um, you know I thought it was very dodgy and like you know didn't want it to go sort of a places but it actually wasn't you know people were lovely um, you know I hadn't I couldn't speak Spanish but you know everyone was trying to be helpful as much as they can if I ask them questions and you know um, and, and, and they were very helpful in terms of even you know I would walk around and ask people say where's the best place to eat and they would not know a single word of English but they would even sort of walk me to uh, to a place and tell them eat there you know and you know, the waiters would also know have uh, couldn't understand what I was saying I was just pointing out to the items in the uh, in the menu and asking them just thinking it was going to be tasting good <laughs> and, and it and did as well um, you know those those sort of things just just opened my mind and you know like uh, it was it was just very very great experience that I'm very fortunate to have what sort of impact did this uh, trip have on you when you returned to Australia and your approach to your career um, I, I think it just uh, 
grew me as a chef, uh, you know, a little bit more elaborate. You know, I, I did um, learned a lot in terms of uh, just the food knowledge and, you know, the techniques that I've seen uh, people are using even on streets. And, you know, um, it, it opened my mind. And so whenever I think uh, of an ingredient nowadays, I don't just go one dimensional, you know. I can think of like five different ways to, uh, do, to do it, you know. It doesn't matter if it's, um, you know, it's a simple pumpkin, then, you know, I can uh, think of cooking in five different ways ways and maybe a Mexican style or you know like uh, South American style or you know what I mean it just opened my mind a little bit more and just the approach towards the food um, as well um, I think you mentioned um, that your experiences in Nepal and food were, were as a kid but you you went back there as part of your travels to trek across Nepal what, what was that like for you Look, that was that was uh, again amazing, amazing experience. You know, um, when I was a kid or until I came to Australia, I had not even seen a snow. You know, thinking people from Nepal, you know, people think I live in bottom of Mount Everest. You know, but I was, I'm from Kathmandu, and you know, the Himalayas are quite far from there. And you know, we not being the richest family, I was I could not afford to go there when I was a student. So when I uh, went back, you know, um, I've been there probably eight nine times now uh, since I came to Australia but you know every time I go there I try to do these uh, little trekkings that I really wanted to do um, you know it's, it's it, these trekking is very for me very therapeutic very you know uh, you know like it, it's sort of a you know you close your eyes and you open your eyes and see just the mountains and the hills and the beautiful scenery and it's just sort of a you know it, it calms you down um, you know the the people you meet along the way um, uh, they, they're the police people are very hospitable so you know wherever you go they would offer you some water or whatever they have and you know they, they're very friendly as well so it just opens you up uh, as a person and you know you can just relax and just you know see the um, natural um, beauty of Nepal which is amazing um, you know I've, I've done the um, Mount Everest sort of a base camp uh, trekking where you know like, everyone really wants to go and you know it's it's, it's one of the um, great experience I've uh, had in terms of trekking um, and there's another one really good one in Nepal it's uh, on Napuna circuit, which uh, people take about 21 days to sort of a complete, which I did in six days, which was um, crazy, <laughs> which was crazy. And I actually I was quite um, I, I was I was not ready for it, but I still went with one of my cousin. Um, we didn't expect that it was going to snow, so mid midway through it started snowing, and we didn't have any snow gear as well. So we actually bought some you know a ca casual sort of a rain uh, rainy boots, and you know walked around the snow, and I almost lost my toe huh, because of that <laughs> uh, yeah it was um, yeah so now uh, when I go trekking I definitely get up I know by the actual gears and you know just uh, don't uh, no, try not to uh, be uh, one of those in person to be honest when you returned to Australia life changed quite a bit you got head chef roles with Tokyo Tina and got married and started a family how, how different has that um, how, how, what sort of impact has that had on you? Uh, I think um, once you do uh, get married and especially once you have a kid, um, your priority starts sort of a sifting slowly, you know, like I'm, I still love cooking. I still have a responsible, uh, responsible um, to do doing my restaurant and, you know, but at the same time, I am responsible father as well. So my priority sort of, uh, you know, becomes almost 50-50, whereas before it was all sort of work driven and work focused and, you know, like uh, nothing else apart from work. But nowadays, you know, we 
when you're when you have a day off, you actually don't have a chance to think about work because there's so much going on at home, especially having two kids. Um, now, sort of uh, my approach towards work has um, changed in terms of you know I I try to manage as much as possible and try to teach the staff that you know um, they uh, they can be sort of a self-sustained. They they don't have to you know sort of reach out to me every uh, second hour to you know ask for something and you know just the approach I take is completely different since I um, have a family now. Take us into the kitchen. Um, you've got uh, you've been the head chef in a couple of different roles now. What's your approach uh, in the kitchens? Um, uh, for me, I uh, you know I, I try not to um, do everything myself. You know, I always have some uh, divide jobs between the kitchen. You know, like um, responsibilities uh, towards the sous chef or, or the chef de party or you know the the commis chef. You know, because they they uh, they feel um, being a part as well. Because uh, not I would hate uh, you know for a chef de party to come to work and just cook and go home. You know, like they they they, they need to learn as well because they they're the next sous chef. You know, so. Um, that those those sort of uh, you know uh, techniques um, uh, or the training that uh, you know if we give them then they sort of stay for a long way and also they uh, progress themselves which is a, a main thing you know so I recently uh, took this job but I also uh, went for a month holiday to Nepal you know if I for the first few weeks if I did not train my chefs I was not able to do that you know so I, I really focus on training um, my staff uh, especially you know uh, just so uh, once once the kitchen is trained the staff are trained like you, you don't have to do anything you know what I mean like you can just do some menu change and you can you know making sure every, everything's uh, tasting uh, perfectly fine and amazing and how it's supposed to be and you know it's it's, it's sort of a self runs uh, as, 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 as long as you have a trained chefs Tell us about the food that you're cooking uh, Miss Pearl do you have a dish or two that kind of exemplifies um, where you're at at the moment? Yeah, I mean, you know, as I said, the the food at Miss Pill is a very uh, mixed sort of a mixed Asian. Um, we've got sort of flavors from Vietnam and Thailand and sort of a Japan um, um, in in one menu. To be honest, um, but there's a couple of dishes in here which I really love, and you know, had some sort of a, uh, some uh, deep full sort of a meaning in in my heart. To be honest, because um, a lot of these skills um, that I've learned throughout my career um, and throughout working in various restaurants, I've sort of applied those techniques and and. Flavors flavors into this menu as well um, you know the uh, simple things as a vegetarian mains that we have is you know sort of a crispy eggplant with the mapo sauce and uh, white pepper and Thai basil you know the eggplants are quite crispy um, uh, fried in a batter but then on the bottom you've got a silken tofu uh, with a um, really nice um, mapo sort of a Chinese sauce which has a really depth of flavor and kind of like it's sort of a you know it's got crunchy it's got silkiness it's got sort of a, the texture from the mapo and you know a little bit of a heat from the white pepper uh, um, and through fragrance from Thai basil, so you know this is like that. You know those those dishes. Are, you know, I've, uh, I used to uh, make them quite a lot um, in uh, Spice Temple, the the crispy eggplant. But I took that and you know made sort of a, my own version, um, uh, combining those flavors that I really like. You like uh, many uh, hospitality professionals move to Australia and and build a career and a life. What's it been like for you? And what, what sort of advice? would you have for anyone that makes that sort of move to a new country and building a, a, a life? Um, I think, you know, especially uh, me being Nepalese and, you know, there's a lots of Nepalese people working in hospitality industry, especially in Melbourne and Sydney, you know, like, I mean, if, uh, for, for me, if you, if you, if you really love cooking and if you really want to be a chef, you know, just, 
you just need to um, stop working in some amazing places or you know actually try working there because a lot of people I know a lot of friends I know they work in a kitchen but they are very limited to you know working in a pub or a cafe and they just sort of uh, you know settle them down there and you know they just sort of a uh, you know um, don't don't go um, anywhere from there but I, I definitely feel like I think if you want to um, learn a lot in cooking I think there's a lot of amazing places in Australia to work for you know and uh, I think working in those uh, restaurants will sort of open your mind completely different as a chef and you know I, I would definitely highly recommend uh, for you know the, uh, my sort of fellow Nepalese chefs to maybe you know just push yourself uh, when you're young uh, I don't think you'll have a chance when you're old but so I think you know while you're young just, just go for it and you know um, uh, work in some amazing places and learn a lot and I think using these skills and knowledge that you uh, get here and applying this uh, going back home um, it would be amazing and that would sort of drive the Nepalese food scene uh, in Nepal and you know I get to do it. people will know Nepalese food as well you mentioned that your family weren't happy about you taking a loan and traveling the globe but what, what do they think about the career that you've built in, in Australia Look, I think um, as a chef uh, in Nepal, it's not taken um, seriously by people, to be honest. You know, like they still think, oh, you're just a cook. Like, you know, is, is, is that it, what you do uh, for your life? You know, like it's 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 not like, uh, you know, a lot of people are from sort of my age group and my college friends that are like engineers or doctors or, you know, like IT technicians. And, you know, and that's that's what uh, sort of the subcontinent uh, uh, countries uh, people want to do. But, you know, being a chef, is probably not one of their sort of a dream job um so uh, I did find quite hard, um, uh, for, you know, last um, six, seven years ago, explaining to my family and my sort of relatives that, you know, I'm a chef, but they would just, you know, like, just, they wouldn't care, to be honest, you know, like, but now they, um, you know, they know that I've worked in restaurants for a long time. They know, uh, you know, I've been working as a chef and they, they know um, I've been sort of a renowned around the police community as well. So they sort of now have that, you know, um, respect towards, um, you know, hospitality scene as well. Um, and it's the scenes changing a little bit uh, in Nepal as well nowadays. You know, it's not, it's not. Um, you know, there was very uncommon for Nepalese people um, to go to restaurants and eat dinner. Uh, but now it's getting a little bit more common, and people are sort of, uh, you know, and doing that and ex- spending money on that as well. So um, it's definitely changing uh, scenery over there as well now. Well, you've built a, an amazing career here, and um, I know Miss Pearl's only just sort of opened, but it's already making an impact. What do you What do you love about what you do? Look, you know, as, as I said, you know, I love food, and you know, like every, every sort of a time I um, am in front of a stove, I just, you know, I just, you know, I get into it, and I just I love cooking, and you know, the flavors, and you know. And the, the the like it's it's uh, it's 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 something that it actually comes from a heart, you know. Like it's not something I just do for a job. So, um, so whenever I come to work, it, it's, it doesn't feel me that you know I'm working. It, it does feel me. I just come in, you know. I just do what I really love doing, and it's just it's really easy um, to spend your life uh, like that, thinking like that. You know what I mean? Uh, especially um, if you have a family. If you don't like what you're doing, then life can be really really tough and hard. So, for me, I'm quite fortunate that I am working in a place where I love uh, working and you know uh, the, the things that I like doing and which I am doing um, so yeah well Sushil congratulations on um, what you what you are doing and we've loved having you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear your story please keep in touch and we'll catch up again soon great thank you so much for having me on and yeah thank you this is the Deep in the Weeds podcast I'm Anthony Huckstep 
Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.